Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 54 of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. If you are new here, I am your host, Samantha Gladish, and if you've been listening to us from the beginning, amazing. Welcome to everybody, whether you're an, you're an OG or you're new, I'm so excited you're here. We've got a really fun episode today, and I'm really excited to dive in with my dear friend, Dr. Nadia Salim. And before we dive into that, I want to share, number one, it's spring, officially spring. Thank God. I'm so, so excited for warmer weather and I can't wait for the summer to get here and we will be in our new house by then, which means I get to be outside all summer long in our backyard. I have not had a backyard in like seven years. I feel so deprived and I'm, you know, cooped up all the time in winter and especially this past winter because I was writing my book and the manuscript has now been handed in, but but, you know, the past three to four months has really just been me indoors in my, what I call my my sop outfit, my socks over pants. You may have seen me post the picture over on Instagram. It's basically me and my joggers with a hoodie and my socks, like these really big socks pulled up over my pants. I call it my sop outfit, socks over pants. So that's what I look like in winter. It is not sexy. It is not fashionable by any means, but it's what needed to get done so that I can write my book. So can't wait for spring. Oh my God, it's amazing. I'm so happy it's here and the warmer weather. And I hope you guys are doing well and you've been implementing strategies from our podcast. Many of you came and joined me last week on my webinar and we were talking about the five secrets to losing weight and balancing hormones. And I'm really thankful that you joined in on that webinar and we're asking your questions. And it's so wonderful to connect with you guys live and not just be sitting here talking to a mic and, you know, looking at my computer screen. So last week's webinar, we were also giving you a behind the scenes look at our metabolic reset program. And yes, the doors are officially open to that program. And it is my favorite program because it's our longest program. It's our 12 week weight loss program. And ladies, if you are listening to this and you are feeling pain and inflammation and you have issues going on with your cycle and PMS and you just can't get it right with the food and don't understand what to eat and need the guidance and the meal plans and the support and that little bit of you know, butt kicking and with a whole side of love and really need that accountability. That is what the Metabolic Reset is going to offer you. And it is a fantastic program. It's our high fat, low carb approach to helping women lose weight and balance their hormones. So many of you may have started out 
in our Healthy Hormones for Women program, which is amazing. Such a foundational program because we dive into thyroid and adrenals and blood sugar and your cycle and all of the hormones. And if you were in that group or if you're going through that program and you're like, okay, now I need to step it up. I need some deeper diving here into my weight. Then this is where the metabolic reset is going to come in. And listen, ladies, after 15 years of coaching women, there's a thing or two I've learned when it comes to achieving your health goals. And the biggest predictor of success is your mindset. And it's time for a bit of butt kicking with a side of love, as I like to say, because if you have some big and lofty goals that you want to achieve for yourself, whether it be for your health or for your life, you have got to listen up. I can't tell you the number of times I've been in conversations with women and they spend the entire time complaining about their symptoms and they are sharing with me intimate details about their pain and their struggles from not wanting to be seen naked in front of their partner to avoiding family gatherings or picnics at the beach or avoiding vacations altogether on top of the physical symptoms of feeling bloated, exhausted, gaining weight and joint pain and can't sleep and irregular cycles or low thyroid or PCOS and brain fog, just to name a few. This is just no way to live period. And when it comes to transformation, you really have to understand that it's not linear. You know, diving into your health and wellness and healing your body, it requires a deep commitment. It requires patience and an understanding that things will go wrong. The scale won't always budge. The pain might come back, but this doesn't mean that you give up and you stop trying. It just means that you tweak where you are and you keep moving forward. I really encourage you to spend some time maybe this evening and start to journal out what happens if you commit to your current circumstance, if you stay the same and you do nothing, then what happens? Are you willing to spend another 5, 10, 20, 30 plus years feeling and looking the way that you currently do? And I can bet that that answer is no. So wherever you are on your health journey, you must do the uncomfortable work. You just have to dive in and begin right where you are because there is no right time to begin. And your health, your health doesn't wait for the right time. If your body is breaking down right now, it's not waiting until you have some time to address it. It is doing that right now in this very moment. So when it comes to doing the work and achieving those health goals, it starts now and it's just taking imperfect action and knowing that your journey, it's going to get messy along the way. My journey with healing my autoimmune Hashimoto's, it was definitely messy. It was definitely not perfect, but I had to do something and I had to keep moving forward and I had to keep looking for answers and keep tweaking my protocols. And that is how I got better. I did not give up on myself. So if right now you have this mentality of I'll start on Monday or I'll start when I'm back from my trip, This is failure mentality, ladies. The failure to recognize that you have the power within you right now to make a choice that supports your future self and your future health, which will really lead to a more vibrant, powerful, 
energetic, purposeful life. You have the power to do that right now. And I really want to drive this message home because so many women are commenting in my Facebook group, on Instagram, and they're lost and they're stuck and you don't have to be stuck. We are here. My team and I, we're here to support you. Don't hesitate to reach out. But sometimes it means taking that really uncomfortable dive in and doing the work and joining us in one of our programs and getting the support and the accountability. And more than anything, getting the structure, having the structure in place so that you know exactly what you need to do when you need to do it instead of constantly trying to second guess everything or go on Dr. Google and trying to find solutions because that's not gonna give you the solutions. So that, my friends, is my little rant because I love you guys. I want you to feel incredible. I want you to thrive. And the only way to do that is to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. It's what I had to do for myself and my health. And it's what all the women that I coach in my practice, that's that's what it is. They're just making these uncomfortable, difficult choices each and every day and honoring their body and what is best going to serve their body. And ladies, it's not always easy and it's all good. It's all good, but just keep moving forward and please never give up on yourself. So if you are interested in learning more and coming to join us in our 12-week program, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash metabolic reset program. And if you have any questions, come find me and hit me up over on Instagram at holisticwellnessfoodie. Send me an email, samantha at holisticwellness.ca. Let me know if you have any questions about the program. And we are so excited for this next round and for all the women that are coming to join us. And imagine what you're going to feel like by June. Ladies, it's going to be transformational. And I'm really, really honored to be able to guide another group of women. And speaking of structure, I mentioned structure, you know, having that structure to really know what to do, what to eat, what to prep. This is something that's often missing with, you know, clients' programs because many people, let's face it, we're going online, we're trying to Google things, and we just don't have this real structure of what it is to do day to day. So obviously, this is why so many women get results, right? They get results in our program because they have the why, the what, and the how of what to do and how to implement things. And my guest today, Dr. Nadia Salim, we talk about structure because it was one of the things that helped her with her autoimmune Hashimoto's and you know, having that plan in place to really help provide the clarity to move forward and to really heal. So my guest today, Dr. Nadia Salim, is a board-certified graduate from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, holding an honors degree in biological sciences from York University. Dr. Salim has a passion for working with highly motivated women and men looking to improve their health, physiology, and every aspect of their well-being. She strives to educate her patients on the root causes of their symptoms and believes in empowering them to make long-lasting changes for great health. She has completed further training in IV therapy and bioidentical hormone therapy and is always searching for ways to improve the health of the people she works with. Today's episode is a really fun one. Nadia is 
is my friend and colleague. She's helped me through my autoimmune Hashimoto's diagnosis, and she's definitely a hormone whiz. She works with a lot of women that have autoimmunity and hypothyroidism, estrogen dominance, PCOS, all of the above. And we dive into her story with autoimmune Hashimoto's, some really key pieces that helped her along her healing journey. And then we do something really fun. And because she's a hormone whiz, we took some of your questions from Instagram We had lots of hormone questions the other day about estrogen dominance and testosterone and weight loss and fasting, and we are putting Nadia to the test and asking her all of your questions today. Okay, not all of them, but we took quite a few of them, and she's helping to do a Q&A with us today, and it is just so much fun. So let's dive in to our episode with Dr. Nadia Salim. Hi, Nadia. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. And before we dive into all of our juicy content, I would love it if you can share with our audience more about you and what you do. Hi, thanks for having me. So I am a naturopathic doctor working in Maple and Poor Credit Mississauga. And what I do is I work with people who are just not feeling amazing and they're not told why. So people who are struggling with low energy, foggy brain, gas bloating, all of those things that basically make up a lot of the conditions like thyroid disease and adrenal dysfunction and hormone imbalances and such. That's awesome. And so how long have you been a naturopath for? So I have been a naturopath. I've been practicing for about six years now. That's amazing. And so what made you want to become an ND? So it's interesting. I didn't really have like, you know, a big, oh my God, I was sick and I came into this story. It was literally, I was trying to figure out what I want to do in life. What is it that really sparks a passion in me? And so I was trying different avenues. I had even looked into law school, tried different things, and then something just brought me to this. And when I came across it, it was just this feeling, this spark of, yes, this is what I want to do. I don't know why, but this is what I want to do. So I dove in. That's amazing. It's like just when you know, you know. When right? you know, you like, know. You can't Absolutely. even explain it. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you and I have been friends now and colleagues for about two years mm-hmm. and we work together Thursdays over at the Pure Balance Clinic. Yes. And you are like a light to my week when I'm like behind my computer at home (laughs) all the time. And then it's so nice to have that break in the week and come into the clinic and actually see human beings. Mm -hmm. So it's so amazing. And it's been really such a pleasure to connect with you over these past two years. And, you know, we also connected not just from a business standpoint, but and working together and being colleagues, but you just like me, you also have autoimmune Hashimoto's. And so- I'd love it if you can share your experience with Hashimoto's, you know, when you were first diagnosed and what were those symptoms that were showing up for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say I've probably suffered from hormonal issues all my life without realizing it. So puberty, weight started to become an issue thanks to the Canadian standard diet. And I remember, so one of my biggest symptoms all my life was fatigue. I was known as the nap queen because going through school, <laughs> going through high school and university, I would always have to sleep. I remember actually in university once my friend's mom turned to me and said, why are you always so tired? And I remember being super offended, right? I was like, what do you mean I'm always tired? 
but there was a lot of truth to it. And unfortunately, that was just the norm. That was the norm for me. And it was the norm for a lot of the people around me. So fast forward to a few years ago where I'm trucking along, practicing as an ND and I'm not feeling amazing and I'm still feeling super tired and I'm always needing naps and always getting sick. That was another thing that really presented itself over the years. A few years ago, I was actually training for Tough Mudder, this crazy obstacle race. And I became a weekend warrior where every weekend we were going hard training and then the rest of the week I was sick. I was literally coming down with a cold or flu. And that, again, was a big clue that, okay, something is not right. Something is not working. And so I finally you know, did the right testing and came to terms with the fact that, yes, I have Hashimoto's. And it's interesting because when I went back and I looked at previous blood work, this was showing up for years. And my doctor just you know, passively said, it's fine, you're fine, you're fine. Wow. Yeah, then I finally just took my health in my own hands. And here we are today. Amazing. So where are you now with your Hashimoto's based on, you know, a couple of years ago? Yeah. So I just recently did my antibody testing a month ago and my antibodies were negative and my my thyroid is under control. Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of that because there was a lot of work that went into it. So I do take desiccated thyroid as well, just because my thyroid at this point isn't going to keep up because this has been a long standing issue and it's in my family, by the way. But, you know, everything else is normalized and I'm really, really proud of that. And how do you feel because of that? Amazing. And when I when I think about the amount of energy I have and the amount of work I put into it, it's just a gratifying feeling. That's really, really great. You know, I know so many women that this is the case for them. They go to their doctor and they're told their labs are fine, but yet there's this underlying issue going on and their labs aren't being addressed and yeah. they're not really being or even looked at properly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I can only imagine for myself, like I was diagnosed back in 2017 and I've talked about it very thoroughly on the podcast many times, but Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how long I actually had autoimmunity for. Like it probably dates way, way back. Absolutely. And, you know, genetically as well, in my family, my mother has autoimmune, my grandmother did, all of my female cousins on my mother's side. Like there's definitely wow. a genetic disposition there for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure many of the women that are listening, they're thinking like, well, you're a naturopath or you're a nutritionist. So it's so easy for you to mm-hmm. heal because you have all the answers and the solutions of, of what to do to move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm, I would love it if you could really share with us like what are those first steps to healing? What does it really look like? Okay. So the steps I took, this is the best way I can explain it. The steps I took were very simple, but not easy. And what I mean by that is, you know, we know that we have to eat well and we have to rest and we, you know, we need to really take care of our stress, but what does that look like? And it's different for all of us. But for me, here are some of the changes I made. So first, I drastically changed my diet. So at this point, I am, for the most part, grain-free. I've been 100% gluten-free for a number of years and about 95% dairy-free. 
But the diet was the big thing for me. And I come from a culture where we like to eat. We like to eat and eat and eat and carbs and rotis and all that fun stuff. But I really had to get a handle on it. And even in this area, I see a nutritionist who keeps me accountable, right? So that's one of the first things. The second thing was I really made sleep a priority. So anybody who knows me knows I do not let anyone or anything get in the way of my sleep <laughs> as much as I can, right? So that was a big priority for me. But the biggest thing, the biggest, I think, turning point in my life was really taking care of my mental, emotional well-being. And that is where I really enlisted the help of those around me. So I saw people who really helped me with my mindset, helped me get over some emotional blockages. I removed toxic people and toxic relationships from my life. And as soon as I started to make that shift, I found whatever else I was doing in the way of diet, supplementation, all of that started to work better in my body. Right. So I had to really release a lot for things to really work in my body. And those were my biggest steps. But I think the biggest thing was that I actually got a lot of, let's say, coaches and mentors and people to help me on this journey. Right. Because, yes, theoretically, I know what I need to do, but we all need somebody to keep us accountable. And that's what I did. I love that because it's something I share very often. Like last week, I just did a webinar. And in that webinar, I was saying, don't go at it alone. Like you have to find your community. You have Mm -hmm. to find your people. Find your tribe. Yes. Like I'm a nutritionist, but I still work with naturopaths. I have an osteopath. I have a massage therapist. Like you have to get people. You have to build this healing community around you. Absolutely. And trust and who can truly hold you accountable. And you're mm-hmm. you're one of my people, right? Who, and you're one of mine. Which is amazing. And so you always hold me accountable. And it's wonderful to be able to sit down with you and you help me go over my labs and help me s- sort of see those blind spots that I mm-hmm. can't see for myself, which is really important, right? Mm-hmm. So for the woman that's listening, like, don't go on Dr. Google and try yeah. and find all these answers. You really got to enlist those people around you that are yes. really on your team and, and yeah. truly help you get to the root of, of your condition. Mm-hmm. So I feel like specifically with autoimmunity and especially when it comes to antibodies, this is where I find women tend to get confused. So if you could really just explain what an actual true diagnosis of Hashimoto's is and what women need to look for in their blood work. So the first thing is really, really advocating, and I'm sure you've talked a lot about this, is pushing to get the right blood work, right? So conventionally, what people are testing for is TSH and maybe T4 if people are lucky. But the things we really need to look at is TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3, and then the two thyroid antibodies that are often or most commonly looked at are anti-TPO and anti-TG. So thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroglobulin antibody. And until we see all of those numbers together, we really can't make a true diagnosis. Because there are people who have normal or within the normal sort of TSH, T4, but all of those other numbers are out of range. And I've seen women whose thyroid actual values, so TSH, free T3, free T4 are fine, but they still have elevated antibodies. And in that case, we look at that as you know just an immune system issue. And we really go hard after the immune system, not necessarily just the thyroid. 
Right. And so even if your antibodies are just slightly raised, Mm -hmm. does that mean you have autoimmune Hashimoto's? So yes. For me, the way I view it is no amount of antibodies are acceptable. Got it. And so even if they are a little bit elevated, so typically I think the range is about less than 35 or 40. And to me, even if someone's sitting in the 50, 60, uh -uh, that's a big red flag and we need to get on top of this now. We don't want to wait until your antibodies are in the thousands to start working on them because chances are they will get there. They will get there and why wait until they get there? Absolutely. What do you feel are some of the commonalities amongst the women who have autoimmune Hashimoto's? I'm sure probably stress is one of those things that shows up a lot. Stress. Absolutely. So stress is a big one. And then another big one is just women not having their voice. So energetically, our thyroid is sitting in our throat, so over our throat chakra. And that's a really big thing. I find women who really kind of go through life not being able to speak up, not being able to speak their truth. That seems to be a big commonality amongst women dealing with thyroid issues. Then there are a lot of environmental factors. So when we look at you know environmental toxins, actually people, a lot of Eastern Europeans tend to have Hashimoto's because of the radiation. So there are some environmental commonalities there. And of course, there's the whole genetic and familial triggers as well. Right. So would you say stress is like at the top of the list? <laughs> Yes, stress is absolutely at the top of the list. And no matter what condition we're looking at, any type of autoimmune condition, until we get the stress under control, it's a futile battle. It really is. So the the stress has to be number one. And what stress looks like for everybody is very different, right? And we can't always eliminate stress. And it's funny, a lot of women will come in or men will come in and say, I'm not stressed. I don't have any stress. And then when we really start to tease out their life, stress is a big factor. And again, that does not have to be just mental, emotional stress, but we're looking at lifestyle stress. We're looking at stress to our digestive system or our nutrition, right? Not eating at the right time, eating too much, all of those things are stress to the body. So stress comes in various forms, including mental, emotional, but that is, it's not isolated to mental, emotional stress. Right. I love that you explain that because you're right. I mean, so many of the women I work with in my practice too, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm fine. No, I'm not stressed. Or I, I have good stress. I have right? good stress. I thrive on stress. I'm go, go, go. I need that stress. Yes. Until, until you don't. And until you can't, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Until you hit the rock bottom for sure. And then once you hit that rock bottom, having to swing that needle and that pendulum all the way back becomes that much more challenging. It's very challenging. So because you are a hormone whiz and you work with so many women in your practice with estrogen dominance and bioidentical hormones and thyroid health and stress and all of that, all the things that make up our health and our energy and fatigue and all of those things. What I thought we would do is we would take some of the questions that have come in from our community. So women have posted a lot of questions over on my Instagram. And there's a lot of them. I think there was like 50 questions. So we can't get through all of them. But I thought what we do is pull out some of those questions and have you, the expert, really just give us some insights and some answers around these. So are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Awesome. So question number one is, I'm on progesterone only birth control pills. I don't menstruate. I feel great. Are there concerns with not having a period? 
Okay, so this is a fun one. This is a really fun one for me. Let's talk about the progesterone only piece. That's the really key one I want to address there. So first, so there are a lot of hormonal birth control pills and IUDs that are progesterone or progestin. So let's make that differentiation first. So they are progestin. They are a synthetic progesterone. And what people don't realize is that progestin also has effects that will increase breast cancer risk and it will actually make estrogen dominance worse. So a lot of people, the reason, just to give a background, the reason some women will be put on progesterone only is if they're not tolerating the estrogen progesterone piece together. And typically in those cases, those women are estrogen dominant to begin with. So they are trying to bring up the progesterone levels to balance off the two hormones together. But progestin is working very differently than progesterone in our body. So progesterone, our natural progesterone is calming. It decreases growth in the breast tissue, whereas progestin will actually, it's called anti-apoptotic. So first I'll say progesterone is apoptotic, meaning it decreases growth. And progestin is the opposite. So it can actually increase growth because it actually increases the wrong types of estrogens. It will convert weaker estrogens into stronger estrogens and potentially make someone's estrogen-dominant symptoms worse. So there are risks with just a progestin-only birth control pill as well. Okay. Well, that is such great information to know. And many of the women that are on these birth control pills they're just handed a pack of pills and sent on their Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Not told anything about these side effects or the dangers of them. So, yeah. so and we, we tend to think of estrogen as being the breast cancer trigger. Right. But progestin can also confer that risk because of the way it deals with estrogen. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for explaining that. And, you know, she said in her question too, are there concerns with not having a period? That's a big yes. That's a big yes. <laughs> yes, a big resounding yes. Yes, we don't want to take away our body's natural flow and their natural rhythms. There is a purpose to our periods, to put it simply, I guess. But yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So next question, how do you know if you have estrogen dominance? I love that question. <laughs> so I am a big, 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 big advocate of testing, right? Until we test, we don't know. We really, really don't know. And what I mean by that is there are a lot of symptoms women have that will signify estrogen dominance. So if you are having painful periods, if you're having heavy periods, if your mood is imbalanced before your period, you're getting breast tenderness, all of those signs are leading towards you being estrogen dominant. Or if you have fibroids, ovarian cysts, any of those conditions. Those are all very heavily estrogen dominant. But where testing comes in is we need to understand, is it true elevated estrogen relative to progesterone? Or is it that we're just favoring the wrong types of estrogens? So earlier on in my practice, when I started practicing, I would actually go based on symptoms. And as I started practicing more and more, that's when I realized symptoms lie because a lot of things will overlap with symptoms. And that's where testing really is key. So my favorite test, Sam, you know, this is the Dutch Mm -hmm. test. Yep. Right. I'm a big 
advocate of the Dutch test. I find it's a very robust test. And there's a few things we find on the Dutch test. And these sort of, I learned about them as I started running more Dutch testing. One is, yes, we will see the woman who does have very high estrogens. And in that case, we know things like dim and cruciferous vegetables are fantastic at lowering those and women will feel better. But then there is a whole population of women I see in my practice that actually don't have elevated estrogens. They have the wrong metabolites of the estrogens or we're detoxing them the wrong way or down the wrong pathways. And in that case, if you actually start, or if we start using DIM or things to bring down someone's estrogen, they're going to feel even worse. So then we have to employ different strategies of helping those estrogens to detoxify better. Right? So it's really important to understand, well, yes, I have these estrogen dominant symptoms, but what does that actually look like in terms of my hormone levels? Right? And then there's the progesterone piece. Are you progesterone deficient? Or do you have enough progesterone and then we don't need to touch that guy, we just need to work on the estrogen. Right. So doing something like the Dutch test is and should be the starting point for sure. Right. I mean, I can even just share from experience, as you know, like when I did my Dutch Mm -hmm. test, my estrogen was so, so low, Mm -hmm. but I was still experiencing these estrogen dominant symptoms. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So you can still have very low estrogen, but still experience estrogen and dominance. Still symptoms. experience the symptoms. And that's because of the way we're detoxifying the hormones that we do have or we are producing. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next question How mm-hmm. do I lower testosterone? Simple balance your blood sugar. <laughs> right? Yes. I talk about it all the time and it's such an unsexy topic. Yeah, it absolutely is so unsexy, but I find I probably, and you probably say this with your clients as well, like 10 times in one visit, right? Yes. Really as females, if we want to impact our testosterone, we really have to go after the blood sugar. You know, yes, there's zinc and there's EGCG and green tea and sal palmetto, and there's wonderful things we can use to actually lower the testosterone, but let's go after one of the reasons why it becomes elevated, right? And one of the big things is blood sugar balance. So whether we're looking at, you know, how you're eating, when you're eating, what you're eating, or sleep, right? Let's talk about sleeping well. Let's talk about stress management because those are the things that also really, really help or affect blood sugar. Yeah. That's a really, really big one. Okay. Next question. What are your thoughts on hormone replacement therapy versus bioidentical hormones? Okay. So hormone replacement therapy, we know there's a lot of risk factors associated with it. They're well documented. And one of the big things is definitely with oral estrogen. So whether we're looking at hormone replacement therapy for menopausal or postmenopausal women, or we're looking at hormone replacement, even in the terms of birth control, right? Because it's still, it's utilized in many, many, many young women. There are a lot of risk factors increased risk factors for certain cancers, heart disease, all of those things. And one of the big issues is oral estrogens, when we take them and they have to get detoxified through our liver, we are producing more of these toxic metabolites. And then the other thing is, as women, we tend to also deal with a lot of constipation, right? And that's a whole other issue where if we're constipated and we're not getting rid of these estrogens, they really do become toxic in our body. Right? So that's one of the big side effects. With bioidentical hormones, we don't see that same side effect 
profile because they are far safer and they actually mimic our own hormones. So they're not coming from synthetic hormones. They're plant-based and they work more like our own hormones. So even with the progesterone, it's not a progestin. It is a natural progesterone. So it mimics our own and they are far safer. And the one thing I do advocate, because a lot of women do come in and they want to be put on bioidenticals. And this is where I really, again, advocate for testing to see how we're breaking down the hormones because I definitely have lots of women on hormone replacement. But for me to feel safe with you doing so, we need to understand, okay, we can put you on the hormones, but how are you going to break them down? Because the last thing we want to do, even with bioidenticals, is increase any risks for cancers. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Next question. I think I have a hormonal imbalance. Where do I start? Okay. So what that question really signifies to me is overwhelm. And so many people are dealing with this, right? This is really one of the first questions so many people see, and I'm sure you've heard this, I don't feel good. What do I do? Where do I start? Yep. And the first place to start is to actually find somebody to work with, right? So I don't advocate people go out and do this on their own because it becomes overwhelming, right? And I think all of us are guilty of going down that rabbit hole of what supplement is good for this and what supplement is good yep. for that, right? What supplement's going to make me energized in the morning, what's going to take down my antibodies. And I find really the most effective strategy is to have a structured strategy. And you can only get that when you actually work with somebody. And so I know for me, that's what I had to put in place to really get a hold of my hormone imbalances. And for the patients that I work with, we really look at structure, right? So let's put a structure around. First of all, let's understand what's going on. Let's test to see what's actually going on physiologically, and then let's start working on the foundation. So I would say if you, know, you want to take a key takeaway of where you can start, start working on the foundations of good health, right? There is no supplement that is going to be able to out-supplement, let's say, a bad diet right. or lost sleep or stress, right? So those foundations, and for me and my patients, those foundations are absolutely non-negotiable, right? So nutrition, sleep, lifestyle and stress management and mindset and mental emotional work, right? Those have to be in place for us to get anything else under control. And when you start to work on those foundations, everything else you do works that much better, right? So step one, find somebody to work with, Step two, put a structure around it and take away the overwhelm. Look, we're all busy, right? Everybody has lots of stuff going on in their life. The last thing people want to worry about is creating their own plans of how to take charge of their health. For right? sure. So that's, that's what I advocate. Work with somebody. Work with a coach, somebody who is going to keep you accountable to stay on track. For sure. And I feel like the sleep, the stress, the nutrition... Mm -hmm. We often overlook those things because I feel like we think they're so easy that they're, they're so not easy. going to make as big as, as an impact as we exactly. Think. And so we end up neglecting it and yep. we look for the supplement or the fancy shake or whatever it is. Yeah. We're totally bypassing the real work, the yeah. real work, which is yeah. how we show up for ourselves in our lives every day. 
the boundaries we set around our schedule and our time and our sleep and our self-care and the food that we are putting on our plate. Like, absolutely. This is it right here. So thank you for driving that home. Yeah. Well, the systems that we really, really try to hit. So no matter what the condition is that we're looking at, the systems we really go after are digestive system. We know all disease starts in the gut. Mm-hmm. We go after the adrenals. We go after detoxification. And that includes the lymphatics. And we go after blood sugar management. But how can we affect those systems if we're not eating properly, if we're not providing the right signals, if we're not sleeping, and if we're not managing stress that's coming from our lifestyle, right? right. So there's no amount of melatonin that is going to help <laughs> you fall asleep. If, I love my melatonin. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if we're on our phones till late into the night, of if course. we're on social media, we're watching a movie and we're really disrupting our natural melatonin production, and then we're just taking melatonin to mask that, totally. what is the point? Right. right. And then you hear the melatonin doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Or I'm still waking up tired or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for highlighting that. Gut, adrenals, detox, so essential. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We've got a few more questions here before I let Mm -hmm. you go. Next question is, what is the impact of fasting on hormonal health? Mm. So fasting, I will start by saying, is wonderful when it's done properly, right? Right. So unfortunately, the women, fortunately or unfortunately, the women and the men I see are the ones who are dealing with more of the adrenal dysfunction or the thyroid dysfunction. And I will tell you for this population, so for a lot of my patients, I don't advocate too much fasting right off the bat because it does put a lot of stress on your system, right? So fasting is a great thing to use very strategically as part of your plan, but I know a lot of women now who are doing like intermittent fasting every single day, and it can help in the short term to help you lose weight because of its impact on insulin. But in the long term, if you do have a bit of an adrenal dysfunction, it can worsen that. So let's be careful with it. Absolutely. Have the foundational things in place first. Have the foundations, yes. Yes. Heal the adrenals, and then you can dive into something like that for sure. Yes. Okay. And our last question... I'm in menopause and I can't lose weight. Why mm-hmm. and what can I do? I get this question all of the all time. All the time. Yep. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. One of the first things that women in this category will say is, well, I'm barely eating or I'm not eating any carbs. Right. Why am I not losing weight? And we know as we age, hormones decline. And metabolism does tend to slow down a little bit because of the thyroid slowing down a little bit. And this is one time, well, we always should throw this out, but one time where we definitely need to throw out the calorie in, calorie out model, right? So we should not be cutting back on calories in an effort to lose weight. When we're younger, that can work in the short term for a lot of people. But as we're going through menopause and our body is completely, completely stressed out and out of whack because hormones are all over the place, we really need to hone in and give our body the right metabolic signals, right? So this is where working with a nutritionist and really getting your calorie and your nutrition honed in is essential. And then we really have to evaluate, okay, well, we've gone through a lifelong, a really, really long time of toxin load, 
right? right? And we've gone through a lot of stress. This is where a lot of things accumulate. It's lifelong accumulation of these factors. So we really have to start unraveling these. You know, yes, hormone is a big part of it, but then we also have to take a look at, well, are we detoxifying well? right? Is methylation in order? And methylation is something that turns things on and off. You know, are we eating the right foods that are supporting these processes that need probably a little bit more babying at this time because they've taken years and years and years of hits, right? right? So this is where we really have to be gentle with our body and almost go against the grain of what's typically out there with, you know, I'm going to eat less and work out more and I'm going to be able to lose weight because after a certain point, that just does not work. For sure. And your body isn't as resilient in your 50s as it was in your 20s. And this is why that type of mentality needs to really shift. Yeah. It should be shifting way before that. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But especially, especially for women going through menopause. Awesome. All right. So before I let you go, I have a few other questions I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are your like favorite teas or herbs, supplements, like some of the things that you really, really love to include in either kind of across the board for your patients and maybe things that you include in your kind of everyday life. What does that look like? Okay. So herbs that I like to include or tea, I like to do a lot through teas actually. And for women, especially the ones that we work with that are dealing with PCOS and testosterone, that's going back to that, green tea is fantastic. There are so many benefits of green tea and especially matcha green tea. I actually really advocate people switch over to matcha green tea because of the EGCG and the L-theanine component. The L-theanine is very, very calming. Right. So I love that. And that really depends for some women. So we know with testosterone, spearmint tea is fantastic. So that's actually a tea I use quite often in women with elevated testosterone. Interesting. So that can actually help lower testosterone levels? Yes. That's great. Spearmint tea is fantastic for that. And then a lot of calming teas. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, in the evening, I don't like people drinking too much liquids because it's going to disrupt their sleep. But in the evening, if we can start calming down with some passionflower tea and some chamomile Mm -hmm. tea, that would be fantastic. How about holy basil? I love holy basil. (laughs) I love it. Love, love, love dulcy tea. So therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. And then licorice tea is another one I use quite often with women. And it's nice where we can get away from just supplements Yes. Really incorporate teas and herbs and other forms to get the same benefit. For sure. Gentle. That's the nice thing. Yes. It's not like you can overdo it really on a cup of tea, right? No, absolutely. So one of my favorite blends is lavender, passionflower, and chamomile. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Great sleep tea. Okay. Good to note. Sweet. So the ladies listening that are like, I need to get my sleep on. (laughs) This is a good one. Yes, absolutely. Sweet. Okay. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your incredible knowledge with us today. Where can our audience find you and connect with you? So you can connect with me on Instagram at dr.nadiaselineND. Or um, you can look me up. I work in two clinics. So EBL Clinic in Maple and My Pure Balance in Port Credit, Mississauga. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us today. I'll be sure to... Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. My pleasure. I'll be sure to link up 
all of this in the show notes where they can find you and access you, especially if anybody's listening that needs help and support with their autoimmune Hashimoto's. I go to see Natty and she's wonderful. So definitely check her out and you can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 54 to grab today's show notes. Thanks so much, Nadia, for being with us. Thank you. Bye. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dr. Nadia Salim. She's a dear friend and colleague. And if you're here in the local GTA area, she works at two different clinics. She's at the Pure Balance Clinic, the clinic that I work at on Thursdays. And you can find her over there or her other clinic, EBL Clinic. Ca. All of the links to connect with her will be in our show notes on the website. You can find that at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 54. That's five four. And connect with her over on Instagram if you're like, I need some help with my Hashimoto's. And especially when it comes to something like natural desiccated thyroid or your you know thyroid medication and you really need support specifically in that area, then definitely go connect with Dr. Nadia Salim. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would love it. It helps us to support more women, reach more women, and just really gets our show out there. And I'm so grateful for everybody who you know takes that one or two minutes, goes on iTunes, leaves us those reviews. It really does mean a lot. And it just helps to support our podcast and we appreciate it. So head on over to iTunes or whichever platform you listen to us on, maybe Stitcher or Spotify, and you can leave us a rating and review. Take a screenshot of your review, send it to us at info at holisticwellness.ca, and we will email you our three-day hormone balancing meal plan. So really simple. It just takes a few minutes, and we really appreciate your time. And if you are thinking about joining us in our Metabolic Reset program, the doors are open for a few more days. I would love to have you ladies. It's a fabulous program. If you are listening to this and you're like, I definitely need support with weight. There is no other way around it. Come and dive in. Let us support you, help you, hold you accountable and coach you through 12 amazing transformative weeks. You can learn more about the Metabolic Reset Program over on our site, holisticwellness.ca forward slash metabolic reset program. Thanks everybody so much for tuning in today and I'll connect with you all next week. Oh.